2: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A gorgeous young mother, still breastfeeding, ends up dead. The coroner's report says she was on heroin, that it was an overdose. But her family is insistent. She had never done drugs. But there's no doubt about the toxicology report. There is heroin in her system. So how exactly did Christina die, leaving behind a child still breastfeeding? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. Take a listen to our friends at CrimeOnline.com. Just after 10
3: a.m. on September 29th, Jason Harris called asking his neighbor to check on his wife. It was the second time he had made that request. The first was just 11 days before. In that instance, Jason Harris asked his neighbor to see if his wife's vehicle was still in the driveway. He was afraid his wife, Christina, had overslept. The neighbor went to a side door but got no answer to her knock. She was able to open the door and call out to Christina, who then answered her. The second time, September 29th, the neighbor again went to the door, which was unlocked. Christina Harris was in bed with the covers pulled over her face. The neighbor touched Christina, but there was no response. Thinking Harris was still asleep, she left and called Jason Harris to let him know. Concerned, the neighbor went back and Christina was cold to the touch, stiff, and had foam coming out of her mouth. The neighbor also said Christina had no pulse and wasn't breathing. She called 911 and another neighbor who is a registered nurse
2: to help. Christina Harris was dead. This young mom with a little baby still breastfeeding, dead in her own bed, frothing at the mouth. What happened? With me, an all-star panel to make sense of what we know now. First of all, Matthew Mangino, former elected district attorney, now private lawyer, and author of The Executioner's Toll, Dr. Sherry Schwartz, forensic psychologist, joining us specializing in crimes of this nature, her book Criminal Behavior and Where Law and Psychology Intersect, Justin Boardman, former Special Victims Unit Detective West Valley and author of I Was Wrong, An Investigator's Battle Cry for Change Within the SVU, Dr. Michelle Dupree medical examiner, forensic pathologist, detective, and author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide. But first to Karen Drew, special guest joining us, TV news anchor, investigative reporter with WDIV-TV, NBC. Karen, thank you so much for being with us. Karen, first of all, take a listen to our cut one. Who is Christina Harris, Christina and
3: Thompson and Jason Harris were married for 11 years, but they had been a couple for five years before that. Six years into the marriage, they welcomed a daughter. Five years later, daughter number two was born. Christina Harris's family says she loves swimming, crafting and family game night and being a stay at home mom. She was still breastfeeding and stocking a freezer full of milk for her infant. The little girl was just eight months
2: old when Harris was found dead in their home. I can't even imagine, to you, Karen Drew, I remember when I gave birth to the twins, Lucy and I almost died, and it it was horrible. We were all in intensive care. The children were in intensive care a really long time, and I remember lying there in the bed thinking, am I going to die? Am I going to watch my children from the other side of life grow up without a mother? And, And that thought consumed me. And here is this woman, Christina Harris, with this eight-month-old baby girl, gone. No mother to raise a child. Tell me what happened. What what was her toxicology report? Heroin? That is what investigators found, Nancy, that there
4: was heroin in her system. And I can tell you. I talk with family i talk with one of her best friends and they were flabbergasted they knew her they knew her well i mean ever since she was a a young person when she met jason as a teenager her her husband she had always dreamed about being a mom she always wanted to be this terrific mom breastfeeding was so important healthy food spending time with the children and you know nancy the whole bond that you have with breastfeeding a child that was very very important to her she um, took being a mom very serious. She worked part time at a local subway shop uh, to pick up a few hours just to help ends meet, um, you know. But but her priority was being a mom, being there for her kids, and taking care of them the best way she could. And so when family found out that there was heroin in their in her system. They just simply said,
2: no way, not possible. You know, to Dr. Sherry Schwartz, family and friends, they always think they know you so well. But if you are addicted to drugs or alcohol, that can make even a new mom do things she wouldn't normally do. Things that she would keep secret from family and friends, like drugs and alcohol addiction.
4: Well, that's absolutely right. But when we're talking about a drug like heroin, that's kind of a hard one to keep a secret, right? Because there's also physical signs, not just the impairment, um, but you would see possibly track marks, right? Clouded thinking, flu-like symptoms. So that would be hard to mask from people who see you frequently.
2: You're right. Heroin is pretty hard to hide. To you, Karen Drew, joining us, WDIV-TV. Karen, what can you tell us about the day that Christina was found dead? Well, it was a little different kind of a day. Her husband,
4: they they lived in a, a middle-to-lower-class community. Um, he had gone to work, with, it wor- went to work a little bit earlier than normal, um, and she would be at home with the kids. He left, and from what we understand, he was trying to call her later in the morning, you know, around that 8, 9 o'clock time, and, and hadn't heard from her. And that seemed a little strange because she would be up by that time with the kids and called a couple times, didn't hear from her. He became worried, so he called the neighbor that lived right in back of the house, and I had talked to her too, and she said she was, it was a little surprising to hear from Jason her husband but then he had called her one time before just kind of making sure that his wife was okay so he just said hey can you just check on Christy and and knock on the door I've been trying to call her so then the neighbor went over to the house and as you had said earlier um, then found her pretty much lifeless with you know foam from the mouth in the bed um, a very scary situation for her. So then she um, they called another neighbor who was a registered nurse. Mm-hmm. She came in at that point. She knew Christy was dead. She was lifeless
2: to Dr. Michelle Dupree, uh, former forensic pathologist, medical exam- examiner and author. Dr. Dupree, what does that mean when you have foam coming out of your lips in death?
5: Well, Nancy, this is typically pulmonary edema, which means that your lungs are filling up with lung with uh, water and fluids. And we often see this in
2: especially two types of death. One is drowning and one is a drug overdose. Now, how does that work? How do you get liquid in your lungs? I understand from drowning because you breathe in the water and then you aspirate it up. But why would you aspirate? Why would you breathe out liquid foam after a drug overdose? Because in this case, um, especially with something
5: like heroin, which is a um a depressant a central nervous system depressant your lungs don't function as they should and so your, even your saliva and the fluids that you would just normally um cough up are going to re- be retained in your lungs and cause that wait,
2: wait 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 right there right there saliva of course you're the MD, I'm just a JD, but why would there be saliva in your lungs? Isn't that in your stomach? I don't get well, how, you, because <laughs> you have, you take drugs and you have a drug OD, you get fluid in your lungs.
5: It's, it's in your mouth. Saliva is in your mouth and you don't really swallow it down your esophagus as you should. Instead, it goes down your trachea and into your lungs. In addition, the surrounding tissue the fluids just begin to ease out because your body is not functioning as it should. It's depressed and it, and it isn't working as properly as it would.
2: Okay. See, Dr. Dupree, you're the reason that the medical examiner and all of the examiner staff would hide when they would see my beat up Toyota coming <laughs> to the, the parking lot. See, everything you just said, that makes no sense to me at all. Now, you said something about and I would have to go through every medical examiner report and their pages and pages, line by line, and go, what does that mean? Okay, what does that mean? So I heard you say, Jackie, did you hear her say this, that fluid eases out. What? Fluid eases out, then you die? I, I don't understand yes. that. Yes, absolutely. Eases out of what? Into what? Our vessels, our, our blood vessels are under
5: pressure. Our lymph vessels are under pressure because our heart is pumping normally and is pumping strongly. When that heart begins to pump weakly, not as it should, then the pressure that is holding our vessels and all the fluids inside of our vessels together begins to ease. And that's why we have um, a, pleural, a pleural pulmonary edema or pleural effusion, um, things like that when someone is, um, is CNS-depressed.
2: Okay, the only way I can, can make sense of what you're saying is, okay, don't laugh, Dr. Dupree, which I know <laughs> no. you're laughing right into your fist, is comparing it to gravity. As long as the earth keeps spinning, you got that gravity. The moment it stops, like the heart stops, suddenly, poof, we all just float away. So as soon as the heart stops pumping, that pressure going through the veins and, and all of the organs stops, and it, as you said, eases out, and as she's barely still breathing, that fluid that has now accumulated in her lungs comes out as froth out of her mouth. Now, let me ask, do you actually asphyxiate on that froth? I mean, why would you die? Or do you die because your heart stops because the heroin slows it down? You really
5: die because it is a central nervous system depressive and all of your, your organ functions, your brain, Okay, did your you heart. just
2: say in your own special way that your heart <laughs> stops because it's depressed?
5: Yes, it slows down and then it eventually
2: stops, as does your brain. Okay, I think it should be repressed because depressed seems like the heart is sad. Well, but- I'm sure that it is. But what I'm saying is it stops. It slows the heart down so much the heart stops. And that's why you die with an overdose. Yes, your heart and brain stop. Yes. Okay. Just as an aside, what about if you're on meth, which speeds you up? How do you OD on meth? Well, on meth, because it is a
5: stimulant, as you said, it speeds everything up. You can actually speed your heart up so fast that you have an
2: arrhythmia and that Ah. can cause death. I I knew you'd have an answer. And that one I understood pretty easily.
8: Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace.
2: Isn't it true, Matthew Mangina, you were the elected DA, now a private lawyer, juries can't Well, in most jurisdictions, I have one judge and the judge would suddenly just blurt out a question in my direct or cross-exam, just out of the blue. And he would let the jurors blurt out questions in the middle of the, uh, And it could be a question I didn't want the answer to, Uh, but jurors typically cannot blurt out a question. So. That is why, Matthew, we have to pin down the witnesses and especially experts who talk their own language before they get on the stand so they make sense to the jury. I'm not cross-examining Dupree any more than I would anybody else I'd put on the stand.
0: Well, right. I mean, it's important that um, a witness that you've called as an expert uh, does not speak in terms that uh, a jury isn't going to be able to relate to. Um, yeah, you pray. Know, we, did we, you hear that? <laughs> we, we we can sit and talk about all these things and, and you know, all these different medical terms, which really won't uh, amount to a hill of beans for a lot of uh, jurors. So you have to be sure that you spend the appropriate amount of time with your expert witnesses, with the medical examiner, that that, that we're talking in layman's terms. And and I think when you watch a trial, you find that the most um uh, compelling expert witnesses are the kind of uh, folksy kind of uh, person who can talk uh, layman's terms and, and relate to uh, issues that the jury is going to be able to understand. And so and that's always uh, an important aspect of preparing for a case.
5: And you know, another absolutely. thing. A- absolutely. And, I, and for example, when when I'm in court, I often look at the jury and I'll answer a question by starting off saying, it's not like how it happens on TV. Here's the way it really happens.
2: That's right. so true, Dr. Dupree. And um, I, I, Dr. So, Dupree, I don't Nancy. think it's just jurors that don't understand. I don't think lawyers know what the doctors are saying either, but they're too pompous to admit they don't know what the hay is going on. So they just act like they know what. Jump in, Matthew. Well,
0: I think it's interesting when, when you look at this case, uh, you know, what did the police do in terms of their investigation? I mean, this is a a thirty six year old woman who's otherwise healthy. Um, you know, she you, you found her in her her bed, um, overdosed as as we've heard uh, on heroin. But but did did you search the house? Was was there heroin found in the house? Were there any tools that typically used uh, you know to use heroin? Was this heroin injected? Was this heroin inhaled? You know how how was. That's really smart, Matthew
2: Mangino, and you're absolutely right. As cops love to call it, drug paraphernalia. And I know why they say Mm -hmm. that because there's such a long list of drug paraphernalia, you can't fit it onto an indictment. But we're talking about your syringe, we're talking about your spoon, we're talking about your bong. Just there's so much drug paraphernalia. They call it all paraphernalia. And that's a really good question. Karen Drew joining us, who's been on this from the very, very beginning when she heard that Christina's family, sisters were going, she's never done drugs ever. This isn't true. This can't be right. But they check and they recheck the toxic. Psychology. And, oh, yes, she did OD on heroin. Karen Drew joining us, WDIV. Did they search the home for drug paraphernalia or her heroin stash? Well, from what we understand, Nancy, um, you know,
4: obviously the home was searched. But I have to tell you that the detective that was there at the time when they obviously everyone responds to the body. Then Jason came home from work, obviously distraught. Um, they rushed the body to a hospital, and then after the body was removed, from what we understand, the detective left because they thought it was an overdose case. So there wasn't, I mean, there from what we understand, there was nothing else found drug-related in the home. Um, I don't have the tabulations from, from if there was a search warrant that was presented, but everything, from what I understand, talking with family, talking to detectives, and and, and talking to the prosecutor, there was nothing found in the house that really supported a drug habit, a drug paraphernalia, um, you know. So that was a little bit of a mystery there. Or what did really they really even
9: on? look Karen
4: Drew? And that's. You know what, Nancy? That's the question. Did they? Because I have to kind of give you the scene for for Davison. Davison, Michigan is a small town, and I mean small. Um, Murder, uh, crime, robbery, that doesn't happen in Davison. It's just a small town, a small police force. So that's not really on your radar when something happens. There's not a lot of detectives that are... Are searching for clues there's just not a lot of experience, and so that that that's been brought up too. Was there something did they miss something? Did they do a search? Was it complete um because it just was a, a place that you know there isn't a whole lot of crime, not a lot of whole, a lot of police experience and that that has been really examined a lot
5: in this case and then, really, you, you
2: know ex- go ahead jump in
5: so you know another really good method in this case a forensic method. We can analyze the hair to determine if it has been long-term heroin use. You know, that that can tell a a real story.
2: I did not know that, that you could actually tell in the hair, which grows, of course, from the root. A lot of people think your hair grows from the tip. It doesn't. And in your hair, as it grows out, it can be tested to see what you had ingested drug-wise a week, two weeks, a month, even longer before... That, that is so smart, Dr. Dupree. Listen to this. Christina Harris's cause of death was initially ruled an accident by the medical
3: examiner's office after a blood sample tested positive for opiates. But her family was adamant Christina did not use drugs. The family even insisted police officers test her frozen breast milk to prove it. Remember, Harris was still breastfeeding an eight-month-old. Friends and family said Harris was very careful about what she put into her body. Plus, she was supposed to go to an OBGYN appointment the
2: morning she was found. You know, to Karen Drew uh, joining us, WDIV-TV, I find it very odd that she would actually take heroin just before she was going to the OBGYN. Right? I agree. That seems a little
4: strange if you know you're going to the doctor's office. I mean, we all knew how serious of a mom she was in terms of she was really everything family told me you know cared about the kids and making sure the sockets in the wall were plugged and getting healthy food and doing all of this so it it seems strange if she was doing heroin that she would even be breastfeeding then or if she was doing heroin
2: she was going to go to the doctor the same day so, so let me ask you a there. question. Uh, Your I keep hearing that the family became upset. They insisted she had never used drugs. Who in the family was upset? Um, the mother was very upset, and
4: she had two sisters. And I will tell you, those sisters were are a force. I mean, they they really, really, really were strong on this, and and really, Patricia and Katrina just were very vehement. They said, "There's just no way." I know her. We spend. You know, we do birthday parties together. We do, we have coffee together in the morning. We, I mean, it wasn't just like we just visit on the weekends. We, They saw each other and talked to each other almost every single day.
2: So they just, they felt they really knew their sister. But so I guess well. the police it, were saying, yeah, we hear you, we hear you. But the blood test show, it was O.D. heroin. Take a listen to our cut, Jay. Davison police didn't consider the mother of two's
9: death a murder. That is, until Christy's sisters started oh, nosing awesome. around. And I'm not a detective, but, I mean, I looked up more than I've ever looked up before. Their first concern, how the crime scene was handled the day their sister's body was found inside her Davison home. Remember, her death was deemed an accidental drug overdose. As soon as my sister's body left the house and the officer left when she left. Then there is their sister's breast milk. The family kept telling police to check Christy's milk. It would show she was not doing drugs. No tests were run.
3: They had information at their fingertips that they ignored within the first 48 hours.
6: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God.
8: Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime
2: Stories with Nancy Grace. Okay, I don't believe I've ever had the opportunity to say this in a single case. I investigated, prosecuted, or covered. Let's talk about breast milk. All right. To Dr. Michelle Dupree, uh, former forensic pathologist, medical examiner, and author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide, what will breast milk show, uh, probatively speaking? Like, what can it prove? Well, Nancy, it can actually
5: prove that there was, in this case, heroin in the mother because it is then in the mother's milk. It also passes along um, basically antibiotics and things like that.
2: So basically, whatever you drink or eat will be passed to your baby through your breast milk.
5: Yes, exactly.
2: Huh. I mean, I've heard cases where mom would have Mexican food and then breastfeed and the baby would get a sick stomach and burp and carry on because it's getting the after effects of spicy food. Is that real? Yes, it is real. And the same thing with alcohol um, or drugs in this case. Bless you, whoever that was. Justin Borman, let me go to you, former Special Victims Unit detective and author. Why would the police be so resistant to the sister saying, there's something wrong with that toxicology. Get her breast milk. It's, it's in the freezer.
7: Well, we seem to, as a profession, sometimes get stuck in our silos and not um, look quite out of them, if you will, or ask questions. Um, as a profession, we are responding to overdose after overdose over after overdose, and when we respond on a body and we see the foam cone is what we're calling it, if you will, um, we go, okay, well, it looks like an opioid um, overdose, and one of my questions for Dr. Dupree was we keep calling this heroin, and this is something that's that, that's fine. I don't know the, if it was exactly heroin, but would heroin and an opioid like OxyContin show up in the testing as the same, like an opioid? Are we assuming it was heroin? That's what, what about it, Dr. Dupree?
2: Would it show up as the same if it's heroin versus oxy? Well, it's going to show up as, um, as metabolites,
5: probably, of whatever the original drug was. There may be some native drug as well, and that's one of the things we do is we compare the metabolites to the native drug to determine how long that has been in the system.
2: What did she say? Okay, okay let me dumbing <laughs> down my question. Okay, if she had taken oxy, oxycontin, for instance, oxycodone, would it show up in the toxicology to test the same way heroin would? That's a yes, no, Dr. Dupree. Essentially, yes. I mean you would not do it in one <laughs> word. I didn't know what the other <laughs> word was going to be, but now I know it's essentially. Okay, so there's no, your no, answer. No you know what I think, Karen Drew, WDIV? I think that many times cops discount what women tell them, women witnesses. Oh. Karen, I I mean, I hear somebody groaning, groan, all you want to, don't care. I think that the cops went, Oh, the sisters are calling again. Who's gonna take? Have you ever seen Home Alone? When he the mom is calling from Paris and they go, ah, it's the mom again. You take it. Same thing. It's the sisters again. Ah, she's an she's a heroin addict. Why do why do they keep calling me? You know that's what happened, Karen Drew. I I've seen it in the stories I've covered. I mean, I mean, there's
4: many times that there's the roll, eyes roll back and say, okay, whatever. And come on, it's the sisters. What family really, very rarely, unless it's a very well known drug addiction, does family know about it? Many times, family is surprised, and family says, "This isn't true. This couldn't be." So it's no surprise they said that. And you're right with the with the way the body reacted. You know, the authorities are thinking one way, but 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 I have to say, Nancy they have this breast milk that they said they had. And they're like, I felt like that, that kind of opens the door to like, could we check it? Could we check it?
2: And, but they just were like, these are these sisters, they don't- To check it, but no, they wouldn't check it.
7: And- and Certainly our stubborn personal biases are one of those reasons, those male biases, if you will. Um, But I think- Who's admitting, uh,
2: I've got two guys on the, the panel. Justin Borman and Matthew Mangina, who's confessing to male bias? Justin is. Then everything went quiet That's very not. quickly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you've got the sisters just riding the police like a mule, insisting they're all wrong, begging them to test the breast milk. They won't do it. But wait, wait, wait. Now listen to this. Take a listen to our cut four from Crime Online. Sheila Coop told
3: police that on one occasion she saw Christy Harris run out of her home visibly upset, sobbing. Harris told her that Jason Harris was cheating and her newborn was just two weeks old. Other family and friends also thought Jason Harris was seeing other women. Nearly 5,900 texts were found to a woman from Providence, Rhode Island. There were also emails and pictures sent to several other women. Nine days after Christina died, Jason Harris bought a plane ticket to go visit the woman in Providence. Not long after that, a woman and her daughter moved in with Jason Harris in the home where Christina had died.
2: What more will it take? To put a fire under the rear ends of the police. A woman moves into the home right after Christina dies and brings her daughter, too? They didn't know that, Karen Drew?
4: Oh, folks knew that, Nancy. I mean, again, this is a small town. People know what's going on. And she moved in, and the kids are in the house. And it just seems strange no matter what. Like, what's going on? So, yes, lots of people were, I talked to two of the neighbors, and they were they were very upset. It seemed very strange. The sisters were mad. They didn't know what was going on, but you know, it's not illegal to move someone
2: into your house. So, you know, there was no action from police. It took two years, two years after the heroin overdose, before anybody finally got around to testing that breast milk. Now, you know, another woman has moved into the home. With her children, so I doubt very seriously that the new girlfriend would keep the ex-wife's breast milk in the freezer. Wait a minute, take a take a listen hour cut f w d i v two years after the medical examiner ruled her death an accidental overdose, a key piece of evidence was found at
0: her parents' house. Police were able to secure three plastic packages of Christina Harris's frozen breast milk that were placed in a cooler. All three of those were submitted to the Michigan State Police crime lab. In each instance, no controlled substance was detected.
2: So then how did heroin get into her system? Take a listen to more from Michigan State Police.
0: He believe. Jason Harris murdered his wife. We believe he put heroin into her cereal and milk the night that she died.
2: Now take a listen to our Cut C, Stephanie Park, NBC 25. One of his co-workers actually claims that Jason Harris first tried to hire him
3: to kill his wife, but that co-worker said no. In court today, this man said he thought that this was all just set out of frustration. That was until he found out Christina, who had just had a baby, was found dead at the home she shared with Jason Harris.
0: He had asked me if I would do it, and he told me he um, would be able to pay me out of a life insurance policy she had.
3: That shocking question came from Zachariah Shustock's boss. Jason Harris was his supervisor at work. Yes, yes. At the time, Shoestock thought it was just Jason venting,
0: but the odd questions continued. If I knew of anything that would put her to sleep.
3: Shustock says Jason kept asking for pills.
0: He asked me if I knew of any that were tasteless or that she would not know of being put inside something she was gonna eat or drink.
3: Shustock knew Jason was struggling in his marriage because he would complain a lot
0: to him. He was just saying that Christina wasn't wanting to go back to work that um he believed the child she they had wasn't his um and that she was just laying around the house not doing anything and he was just getting tired of it
2: okay it just takes me a minute to hear that because you know i laid around the house too right after i nearly died during childbirth and didn't really feel like doing anything so his answer is to kill her because she didn't want to go back to work. Who is this person?
6: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
7: I thought in that moment, oh my
6: God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
2: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs)
6: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
8: if you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up maybe you're ready to make a switch but don't know where to start Maybe you've tried vaping, but it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zin pouch in is you. Zin is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zin pairs well with you. Visit Zin.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zin. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories
2: with Nancy Grace Karen Drew joining us, WDIV. Who is this guy? Uh, 6,000 text messages to other women, wants to have his wife killed because she's laying around the house and won't go back to work. Is this Is her second child? She's still breastfeeding. Who is this guy? You know, I, nobody can figure him out.
4: He really is. I, I mean, she is this loving, doting mother. She's breastfeeding. He's... I don't. I,
2: I, I'm a lawyer. jackass. Of here. That's a technical <laughs> legal term. A complete horse's rear end. And another thing. Let's get off him for a moment. Let me hop back on the police. Uh, two years pass. Time passes. So Matthew Mangino, joining me, former elected DA Lawrence County, now private attorney and author of the Executioner's Toll. Matthew, it took a civil lawsuit. Statute of limitations running, ending, before the police got off their rear ends. What happened, Matthew? Explain it.
0: Well, uh, really, it's a clever uh, way to, to to gather evidence in this case. Um, the suit was filed, and uh, I'm sure through discovery, they were able to obtain information about uh, people that uh, he was communicating with, other women, you know, emails, all this sort of thing that uh, would help them uh, begin to build a case, you know, circumstantially. Uh, you know, here's a motive, here's mm-hmm. a reason why he would want to uh, kill his wife, and then you know, some of these other pieces began to come together as the state police got involved in, in this investigation, and they they uh, very, uh, you know, fundamentally built a case based on information that they were able to obtain from the defendant, in a civil lawsuit. It's a clever maneuver.
2: And I heard you say a reason to kill her, so I guess you're saying that the wife laying around, and that's with air quotes, after giving birth was a reason for murder. Okay, before I tear you to shreds on that, Matthew Mangino, (laughs) here's a good comparison. Who can forget the O.J. Simpson murder trial? Remember, how much more we found out in the civil case? How that was his Bruno Mali footprint at the crime scene in blood? How he failed his polygraph with another—I uh, think a negative forty something. Just so much more came out in the civil case than we learned in the criminal case. That's exactly what happened here. Um, but
0: but, it, but in the reverse order, Nancy, because yeah, that's right. Simpson went to trial criminally after, first. Right. They 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 come after. a a criminal case because there's a conviction. It's much easier to prove uh, what you have to. The burden of proof is much less in the civil case. But here we have it used, and that's why I say it's clever. They used it in in a different way. They used it to accumulate evidence to prosecute a criminal case.
2: They did. Take a listen to our cut G, our (laughs) friend, Karen Jew, WDIV, on that civil lawsuit. Christie's family filed a wrongful death lawsuit,
9: so Jason was deposed. Under oath, let's start with another woman he admitted being in contact with during his marriage to Christy.
7: You sent sexual messages to her, yes. You disclosed this at some point to your wife, yes. When did you disclose it to Christy?
9: Soon as she asked about him, she asked what the number was, and I told her. Harris also admitted what he said about divorcing Christy. I think it came up as an option for. The whole theory of living in a perfect world. He was questioned about money problems in his marriage.
7: What was the reason for filing bankruptcy? Because we were well over our head.
9: Then asked about hiring a hitman to kill his
7: wife. Did you ever request that Mr. Shustak um, kill your wife? No. And if he said that you did, he's either lying or mistaken. No, he'd be lying.
2: Oh, I love it when defendants do that. Everybody's lying, but them. They're the only person telling the truth. Take a listen to more from Karen Drew, WDIV, our cut H. The 44-year-old
9: father also talked about what happened inside his Davison home while the couple's two children slept the night before his wife died.
7: When you went to bed that night, you weren't concerned that anything was wrong? Nope. Did you notice anything out of the ordinary?
0: Other than her... Falling asleep when pumping. She got hungry I made her up a bowl of cereal. That's what she asked for.
9: Harris left early for work the next day.
0: And when you left, she was alive. Correct.
9: A neighbor then found his wife dead in her bed after Jason called that neighbor asking her to check on Christy. At that time, Christy's death was ruled an accidental overdose.
7: You it had nothing to do with your wife's death, right? Correct.
2: Right. Okay. So Kara Drew joining me, WDIVTV investigative reporter. So the working theory is that he put heroin in her cereal he made her the night before yeah that is that that was the theory that was going
4: you know that's what the prosecutor believed and there was some digging from the sisters um, as they were trying to get that information from the civil lawsuit because they were knocking on doors and talking na- talking to neighbors and talking to co-workers and there was some word out on the street that he was unhappy in his marriage and he was talking to some folks who um, were known to deal drugs and things like that so that was kind of the pieces that they were trying to
2: put together that they thought he put he literally put heroin in her cereal so is it true that he would proposition people at work to be a hitman can you believe that I mean we always talk about dumb criminals but I mean that that was the case
4: they had um, two individuals from his work take the stand and talk about how he one complained about his wife and then a second one he was looking for a hitman and then a third he was trying to get drugs um, and, and there was some situation where he uh, did um, some, some, I think it was a clonopin or some type of uh, drug that he did initially try. There was a weird taste she was eating. It was a weird taste, so she didn't finish whatever he tried the first time. And then when he went back and talked to the guy at work, um, there was just, even this guy was like, this guy's a little crazy. I don't want anything to do with him right
2: now. So he stopped helping him out with his, with his plot. What's amazing to me is the the coworkers just never said anything. You got a guy trying to hire a hitman and isn't it true that he bragged he hired another hitman for $5,000 and the hitman was doing surveillance and got caught with a gun and sent back to jail because he was on parole and he bragged yes. about that at work? Yes hires a hitman, guy gets busted with a gun right there.
4: Now we got to, and uh, feel free from the police standpoint. I got to be like, okay, what's going on here? I mean, we've got so much stuff going on. Clearly somebody's trying to do
2: something to their wife. I mean, you had to interview that guy, but nothing I don't nothing get done. it. I don't get it. And I want to go straight out to our shrink joining us. And I say that in a loving, caring way, Dr. Sherry Schwartz. Dr. Sherry, People just sit by and listen to a guy soliciting for a hitman to kill his wife, and they do nothing. And then she pops up dead, and they still do nothing? Well, we know that this happens more frequently than we care to talk about. I think a lot of times,
4: you know, people think, oh, this guy's just crazy. He's not really going to do it. He's not serious. He's just talking nonsense. And then you have the other guy who's giving away or selling Klonopin, that's somebody who's highly unlikely to go to the police right because they're engaging in criminal behavior they don't want to be detected where did he work karen drew you know, I don't remember the name of the facility but it was, kind was of it? like a ma- it was kind of like a manufacturing factory kind of environment
2: okay in case you're wondering whether he got away with it Take a listen to our cut B, our friend Karen Drew, WDIV. The jury didn't
7: believe your lies, and now we're finally exposed for the selfish, murdering, lying monster
0: that you are.
9: Judge David you Newblatt did not hold back on what he thought story. about Jason Harris and his plot to kill his wife, Christy Thompson-Harris, and cash in on her $130,000 life insurance.
7: What you wanted, all the stuff, you sacrificed your daughters. right? You took away their mother. That's the first thing he did. He took away their mother.
9: 47-year-old Harris was found guilty of a murder plot that involved Harris lacing his wife's cereal with heroin, causing her death. Christy was a mother of two. It was her breast milk that would prove she was not doing drugs and was poisoned by her own husband. To Karen
2: Drew, special guest joining us, WDIV-TV. Where is this POC, another technical legal term, Jason Harris now? Oh, he's, he's behind bars, sentenced to life in prison. I can I mean, only
4: hope I, I, that he stays I there. Oh, I can't even put into words, I've covered a lot of court cases, and, and as a reporter, you normally use sound from, you know, when somebody takes the stand and talks, but that judge, I had never heard a judge go off on an individual more than this judge, and he, he summed it up, you wanted all the stuff You wanted her $100,000 life insurance uh, policy. You wanted to buy a car with that. You wanted to have an affair. You just wanted some stuff. And then you left your two kids without a mom. Who has the children now? Karen? Well, I hate to say now they're in a fight with guardianship because when this is all going on, when Jason was pulled out, you know, when they were in court, his parents were watching the children and Christy's parents obviously want to have the children but that's why they're remaining quiet and and I knew they wanted to talk on this podcast but they have to do everything they can to try to make sure they do every single thing right to win 100% guardianship of those kids. So they're in the process of that right now. The 12-year-old one of the children is 12 right now. They read her statement in court. It was chilling. I mean, she basically said, Dad, you lied to me. You you killed my
2: mom. And and the children don't want anything to do with him. All I can say is Jason Harris, rot in hell, of course. And to the CI, Correctional Institute, where he is housed, don't let him work in the cafeteria. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing.